Jackson. It's a slam. Here in the eighth inning with Ross Stripling delivering seven and a third without a hit. Jock Peterson, what a show! Around. And the crowd and the players all wow. standing here on the first wow, baseline. Stripling gets it with a hammer for round number two. And Peterson hammers one deep to right field. And the Dodgers have retaken the lead. Jock Peterson with number 17. That one was almost under the roof. Clayton Gershaw's like, oh my. Got Rendon with a fastball. It's Adams with a curveball. And strikes out the side here in the sixth. Ross Ripley take a bow. And a high fly ball into deep left center. Would you believe it? He's hit a home run halfway up the bleachers to tie up the game. That's the life of the big leaguer. Up and down and up again. Hey, this is Angels broadcaster Trent Rush, and you're listening to Locked On Angels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Now here's your host, my guy, Taylor Blakemore. You know when the show starts off with a highlight reel, we're going to have some fun. Welcome to Locked On Angels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're locked in with Taylor Blake Ward, and if you're unfamiliar already with what's occurring, the Angels are in the midst of a trade that will bring Jock Peterson and Ross Stripling to the Angels, along with prospect Andy Pages, in exchange for Luis Renjifo, and it sounds like a pair of prospects. Going to be a fun-filled show for you today. Before we get into breaking down the trade, we got to remind you to follow us on Twitter, at LockedOnAngels, and you can follow me personally, at Taylor Blake Ward. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Locked On Angels via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever podcasting platform you're using to listen to today's show. You can also download all the shows via those outlets. You didn't come here to listen about downloading the show, though. You want to know more about this trade, so let's start breaking it down. Last night, it was reported by Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic that Jock Peterson would be traded to the Angels after the completion of the Blockbuster trade that would send Mookie Betts to the Dodgers. It was later reported by Jeff Passan of ESPN that Luis Renjifo would be the trade ship used to acquire Jock Peterson, and later also confirmed by ESPN, uh, Kyla McDaniel, which congratulations to Kyla McDaniel. His first day with ESPN, he has to deal with a trade. Uh, He reported that Andy Pages, a prospect in the Dodgers system, would be heading over in this trade. It was later reported this morning by USA Today, Bob Nightingale, that Ross Stripling was involved in this trade as well, and he would be heading to the Angels. Seems that the missing pieces of this trade are prospects that are going to be sent over to the Dodgers. Sounds like a pair of prospects heading to the Dodgers uh, from the Angels organization. These reports have not been confirmed by either club, but we can start breaking down the trade a little bit. We're going to start off with Jock Peterson. Seems the most interesting part of this is now the Angels have a lot of outfield depth yeah, we were going into the season believing that Brian Goodwin would hold down right field for the Angels until Joe Adele arrived. This allows Joe Adele's timetable to push back just a little bit, allow for more development. Jock Peterson likely going to get the fair share of time in right field as we see the season play out. Now, when you look at the platoon splits, Jock Peterson has struggled against lefties in his career, batting just 188 with a 572 OPS and 375 plate appearances against lefty in his career. 
The upside to this is that Brian Goodwin has reverse splits. Now, if you remember, Brian Goodwin is a left-handed hitter, but in his career, Brian Goodwin has actually been better against lefties, higher batting average, higher on-base percentage, higher slugging, which, if you can imagine, that leads to a higher OPS. But you can platoon these two guys, and obviously you know, you're going to see more right-handed pitchers over the course of a season, so Jock Peterson going to get the fair share here. Also, there's some question as to whether or not Jock Peterson can or cannot play first base. I made a note about it last night when this trade occurred is that Albert Pujols and Jock Peterson have a really strong relationship off the field due to uh, Jock's brother and Albert's firstborn. Uh, Jock's brother, Champ, is a big Albert Pujols fan um, and also uh, Isabella, Albert's daughter. They both have Down syndrome but that has kind of brought Jock Peterson and Albert Pujols together. I noted that they may be competing for and platooning at first base, but a lot of people are talking about how bad Jock Peterson is at first base. Um, so we're going to have to see how that plays out. You know, we still have to see if Tommy LaStella is going to learn how to play there. But what you're getting with Jock Peterson, and we look at his last season, 36 home runs, a 339 on base percentage, 127 weighted runs created. He was a three-win player, a.k.a. he was worth three war last season projections for him going into 2020 still expected to hit 26 home runs have a 349 on base percentage be a 2.8 war player still a three win player uh, obviously these projections will change a little bit based on park factors um, Dodger Stadium similar to Angel Stadium and factors uh, but still you know you talk about adding a player of this caliber a three win player to your roster that could be the difference between making the playoffs or not. And obviously, we're going to talk about Ross Stripling here later and how much value that adds as well. But I think when it comes to Jock Peterson, just the power, the lefty impact in the lineup, you don't really have a lefty impact guy other than Shohei Otani. And you got to see what Tommy Ostella is going to bring still. So this brings a, a power lefty into your lineup. You can insert him almost anywhere. You could lead him off even. He's got that on-base percentage uh, opportunity to do so. He does get on base, so there's a chance there. Also, he used to steal a lot of bases when he was in the minors. He hasn't since he was been in the, with the Major League Club. Doesn't mean that he will or will not have more stolen bases under Joe Madden, but this is going to be interesting to monitor and see how Joe Madden utilizes him, whether it be as a leadoff hitter or a middle-of-the-order uh, hitter, an RBI opportunity guy, put him fifth behind Rendon, Trout, Otani, that kind of uh, style of play. I think it's going to be really fun to see how Joe Madden uses Jock Peterson in the lineup, but adding a player of this caliber is going to be very fun. Now, Jock Peterson, like we said, there's a lot of power. There's a lot of things, but he is a free agent at the end of the season. So if all uh, if you still need that pitcher, we're going to talk about Ross Stripling in the second segment, but if you need that pitcher coming at the midseason mark, Joe Adele is either going to be close to Major League ready or Major League ready, and you can use Jock as a trade ship to a team that needs a lefty bat uh, or just an impact bat and take a pitcher away at that time during the trade deadline. So it'll be interesting to see how not only Joe Madden uses Jack Peterson, but also if the Angels can use him as a trade ship going into July and see what they can bring back for a playoff run late in the season if they're in that scenario. And just something I want to date back to yesterday is that I asked during the fan mailbag if someone could link the MLB article about the Angels uh, winning 91 games, their projection for 91 wins. So thank you, Aaron, Angels fan 1982, for helping me out with that. Uh, it seems that now I, I'm a little bit more of a believer at this point, adding Jock Peterson and Ross Stripling, that the Angels can hit that mark. So one more thing before we head to break is 
talking about Jock Peterson and his 2020 expectations compared to Cole Calhoun. Now, Cole Calhoun, fan favorite, obvious reasons. He plays such a high level of a competitive level. Uh, but going into 2020, Cole Calhoun expected to be a 99 weighted runs created plus player, a 1.3 war player for $14 million. That's if the Angels had picked up that $14 million option. Looking at Jock Peterson, 26 home runs, 128 weighted runs created plus, and a 2.8 war. So, And he filed for arbitration. He's going to go into arbitration case here. He filed at $9.5 million. So even if he gets his entire filing of $9.5 million, the Angels improved in right field by a win and a half and also saved $5 million in the process. So kind of interesting when you look at it that way and see the drastic improvements to this offense. Obviously, there is pitching involved in this trade, and we're going to talk about that in our second segment. Before we do that, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to talk about Arizona tourism. Now, if you want to check out Jock Peterson, Mike Trout, Anthony Rendon in spring training, why don't you head to www.visitarizona.com slash spring training to check it out. There's also great information about visiting all of Arizona. If you want to see the Grand Canyon, you want to check out the NASCAR race in Phoenix in March, there's all kinds of information there. So once again, that's www.visitarizona.com slash spring training. We're going to talk about Ross Stripling in the second segment. We'll see you after a quick word from our sponsors. Welcome back to Locked on Angels. I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez, just across Catello with Locked on Anaheim Ducks. And now here's your host, Taylor Blake Ward. Vamonos! So literally just yesterday, I said that the Angels were one missing piece in the rotation away from me believing that they're a real playoff contention team. And bringing in Ross Stripling, that may be the move that allows the Angels to be closer to the playoffs. I was thinking a little bit bigger. I think a lot of people are thinking a little bit bigger than Ross Stripling, but Ross Stripling has been very good over the last few years. Just touching on his numbers, the last uh, he has a four-year career He's battled with some durability over those years, but when he's healthy, a 115 ERA plus, a 23.6 K percentage. He's been worth 2.1 war per 150 innings pitched. That is a league average starter, even a little bit better, a very solidified league average starter. I think that's the guy that you're kind of looking for, for that fifth, sixth man in the rotation to really turn this rotation from league average to solidified league average. I don't know if I'm going to say that they're in the top, you know, 13 rotations of baseball, but this may put the Angels into the top, you know, half of baseball's rotations. We talked about Andrew Heaney has to turn the corner, Shohei Otani, see how many innings he has. Griffin Canning can't have any sophomore blues. Uh, I just talked to a scout this morning, though, said Dylan Bundy, man, he will give you innings, a solid average starter, and getting him to Anaheim is really going to change everything about Dylan Bundy. And that's from a scout. I literally talked to him this morning. Um, so Dylan Bundy, you know, maybe set for a breakout year, a big year. Uh, Julio Tehran, like we said, he's always beat the metrics. He's never uh, The metrics aren't really friendly to him, but he's beat, beat out those metrics. And now you add Ross Stripling to that measurement. Looking at Ross Stripling here, last year had a 3.47 ERA and just over 90 innings. The year before, a 3.02 ERA and 122 innings. I think the biggest thing is getting him on the field, making sure that he's healthy and durable, and you're going to get a pretty good starter in the mix while doing that. thing I like most about Ross Stripling, though, is he throws strikes. Strikes out a lot of guys, a 23.6 strikeout percentage over his career, but a 5.7 walk percentage, if you're talking about 
uh, walks per nine in that category. That's just over two, which is uh, that's a pretty strong number. Uh, another item that's really worth looking at is batted balls, 50% ground ball percentage. Uh, last year, a 48.7 ground ball percentage uh, over his career. So ground ball pitcher utilizes a fastball, kind of a sinking fastball that sits in 90-ish. He's been up to about 93 on average at times, but about a 90-ish sinker fastball has a fantastic curveball that he uses a fair amount of the time. Now, he uses fastball eh, 40-ish percent, uses curveball just under 30 percent, also has a slider and a changeup that he mixes in there that are weapons. But this fastball-curveball mix that he uses to keep hitters off balance, he I, I'm telling you, when I heard the name Ross Stripling, I thought this is kind of a guy that may be an impact arm for the Angels going into 2020, a guy that could really uh, change the Angels' rotation. This was a tweet that came out from uh, Mike Petriello of Fangraphs and ESPN. He's saying that if you look at pitchers who faced at least 1,000 batters over the last three years and sorted the lowest expected WOBA, which is uh, weighted on-base average, so the lowest expected on-base percentage in a sense based on contact, and, and when it comes to pitchers, this is about how they limit contact, limit power. The names on this list, you know, you see Scherzer, DeGrom, Sale, Verlander at the top of the list. You see Bueller, Syndergaard, 5-6. Number seven is Ross Stripling. That kind of indicates just how well he utilizes. You know, you think about guys that are throwing 90 miles per hour, they get hit hard. Ross Stripling is in a different category when it comes to this. I think it's compliments of that curveball and also the usage of the changeup and slider that he uses. But he's ahead, I mean, seventh. That is a top 10 mark in baseball. And if you're a top 10 mark of any statistic in baseball, a positive statistic in baseball, you've been a pretty good pitcher. Now, these metrics, you know, they're not always uh, perfect, and sometimes you're a little iffy on them, and that's understandable. But to be at this mark, it is exactly the same percentage as Corey Kluber. So you can kind of assume in a way that Ross Stripling, you look at the numbers, Ross Stripling outside of durability, and even with Corey Kluber, <laughs> this is very similar in the numbers that Corey Kluber was bringing. So if you felt that Corey Kluber was an impact pitcher, this is a guy, you know, Ross Stripling, maybe he's your new impact pitcher that's in your mind. So I think it's a little bit exciting. Um, and, you know, we look at how a, you know, league average team is. Angels are worth about, oh, 11 wins from their rotation roughly. That's by uh, the advanced metrics of war, the projected metrics. Um, if you're unfamiliar with that, you know, we're going to talk a lot about that on the show. So, uh, you, you know, you can ask me about it or, you know, familiarize yourself. I, I recommend doing both. I'm fine answering questions about it. But by the metrics, you know, the Angels were expected to gain 11 wins above replacement level players from their rotation. Now you're looking at about 12, 13 wins. That extra win or the extra two wins, that difference in itself can change your win total from 85 to 86 or 87. And, we're looking here, uh, This these are projections from Fangraphs, depth charts on Fangraphs, and projections are simply that. You have to stay healthy. You still have to perform. But based on projections, adding Ross Stripling and Jock Peterson moves the Angels to 46.9 projected war. That would be third overall in the American League, only behind Houston and New York. That, I mean... Do you think the Angels are a playoff team? I'm still on the fence of it. 
But I'll tell you, this really this trade could put the Angels in the playoffs. And props to Billy Epler on this one. We still have to see who the prospects coming back are. I do want to touch on the prospect that is coming over from the Dodgers first, though. This young man coming over from the Dodgers, his name is Andy Pages, and I was on the phone with a scout this morning to find out a little bit more about Andy Pages. This is not someone I was familiar with by any measures. Um, I'm looking at the report from Fangraph, says that he's going to be an outfield corner in the future. He has a huge power that's usable in games now. Really confident man. Uh, sometimes rubs scouts the wrong way. The scout I talked to says he loves the confidence in him. We look at his uh, season last year. As an 18-year-old in the Pioneer League, hit 19 home runs, batted almost 300. Now, in the Pioneer League, you're going to see offensive numbers inflated a little bit, uh, but he had an on-base percentage near 400, a slugging percentage of 651. I think that's where the Pioneer League helped out a little bit. Um, The thing that's worrisome is the 28% strikeout percentage, but essentially, a year younger than Jeremiah Jackson, he put up jeremiah jackson numbers in the pioneer league and you know how high we are on jeremiah jackson i'm sure you have opinions of him yourself as well jeremiah jackson struck out right around the same percentage had almost identical numbers here as what andy pages did the scouting profile is gonna be a little bit different um jeremiah jackson and andy pages around the same size it seems that pages has a bit more power with a little less bat but this is a guy that's gonna break into your top 10 prospects in the system Um, We do not know what the other prospects heading to the Dodgers are yet. We do not know that. I have heard one name attached to this trade, but it is unconfirmed, so I'm not going to share that. That would be improper reporting. Also, for my own sake, I want to be accurate. So uh, we have to wait out to see who these young players, whether they're Major League ready or not, if they are high upside players. We know what the Dodgers development staff can do with these high upside players and the low minors. That's where a lot of the uh, Angels' talent is. But to acquire these four wins for 2020, you know, you're saying four wins between Jock Peterson and Ross Stripling, that's a pretty big mark. Ross Stripling also had a few years of control remaining. This was a big trade for the Angels that I think is going to benefit them for 2020. And, of course, Ross Stripling uh, helping the Angels down the road as well. That's all we have for today's show. Thanks for tuning in. This was a big trade that's going to benefit the Angels down the road here. Going to be exciting to watch this Angels club in 2020, especially the offense. They're going to mash. Oh, man. If you want to download today's show or subscribe to Locked on Angels, you can do it via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever podcasting platform you're using to listen to today's show. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Locked on Angels. You can follow me personally at Taylor Blake Ward. And a reminder, today's show is brought to you by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own through Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. Thanks again for tuning in for Locked on Angels. I'm Taylor Blake Ward saying dot your I's, cross your T's, and stay nasty, Anaheim. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>